All right, thank you for being in your place tonight, and we are going to get back into the, the study in what the book of Proverbs says about avoidance, avoidance, uh, certain things that as Christians we should avoid in our life. Um, we, we mentioned that the Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to apply God's truth to everyday life, to live God's truth. The Bible talks about three different uh, uh, individuals when it comes to, and when it comes to the context of wisdom and how we live. Uh, it talks about the wise man, of course, the one who lives God's, uh, learns God's word and lives it. It talks about the fool, and the fool is the one who ignores or defies God's word, and the simple is the one who doesn't know or understand God's word. So when it comes to this issue of things we are to avoid, the wise man is the one who will learn God's word and avoid that which God tells him to do. That's part of it. There's things we're supposed to incorporate into our life, but there are things we're supposed to avoid. And so the wise man, if it's something he's supposed to incorporate, he incorporates it. If it's something he's supposed to avoid, he avoids it. The fool is the one who ignores and defies God's word, God's word and embraces that which God tells him to avoid. You know, I found a lot of people are foolish for that very reason. There are certain things they want to embrace and they understand that if they follow the Bible, uh, it's going to uh, throw a wrench in the spokes, okay, so to speak. And so they don't want to have anything to do with it. And the simple is just the person that doesn't know or understand God's word, so he doesn't know what to avoid. And, um, of course, on that scale, we want to be the wise man. That's where we want to strive for. Uh, we're, are we always going to be wise? No. And by the way, just because we strive for wisdom doesn't mean that maybe in a certain area of our life we may, we may gravitate to foolishness, right? Uh, we may trip up, but the direction of our life ought to be and the desire of our life ought to be, I want to be wise. I want to find out what God says, and I just want to do it. Now, another word you can use for avoidance is separation, although it's a little bit different. But, um, but so we've talked about it. We started, uh, we started several weeks ago. We said that we went through it for a while, that we are to avoid sinful people. And I won't go back over that. Then we looked at we are to avoid specific paths, okay? Paths is the direction of our life, how we live our life. God defined a few of them and said, hey, these are the ones you should avoid, and then, this is new, and this one's going to seem out of place with the direction we've been going. It seems like a lot of the things are things that, in essence, would be a bit sinful, and we want to make sure that we are stepping away, are avoiding those, but this one's a little bit different. We need to avoid stern punishments. Stern punishments. Bible has many names for it, but let's, we, uh, one is chastening, chastening. Just the word brings up, you know, you think, wow, that doesn't sound very good. It doesn't, it's usually not. But what we need to avoid when I say stern punishments, we need to avoid the wrong attitude about when God tries to discipline us. Proverbs chapter 3 there, and verse number 11 in verse number 12, he says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary, tired of his correction. 
For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. And he gives a picture there. We are, when it comes to God's discipline, chastening in our life, we are not to despise it. Despise means, despise not just maybe, just means avoid despising correction, not liking it. Having the wrong attitude about what God is trying to do in our life. Now, here's the deal. Nobody likes to be corrected. That's just it. Right? Come on, you've been at work, your boss corrects you. We're not talking about your children right now. Let's talk about us, right? Okay, and some bosses aren't as um, uh, tactful about it as others. Uh, They should be, but they're not. But we don't like it, even if we know we're wrong. Like, I know I'm wrong, but I didn't like you telling me that I was wrong. The world hates being corrected, by the way. That's why all these people and all these idiotic beliefs that are going through our country, you cannot have a rational discussion with them. You can't. Because it's not even on their minds, it's not even in their, their sphere of belief that they could possibly be wrong on the subject. Here's why. Because to acknowledge that we need correcting it is an admission that we were wrong. We struggle with that. But we need to understand it because of this. Accepting, it's in your notes, I'm sorry, I'll try to clue you in when something's there. Accepting correction and not avoiding it is necessary to growth and change. It's necessary. Well, you know, they'll just figure it out. That's, 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 that's probably the worst game plan that's ever been devised. You know, well, if they, you know, if they do something and something bad happens, they'll realize they shouldn't do that again. That's ignorant, right? We, we, why don't we learn before time, ahead of time? Look, as parents, do you know it's our responsibility to make sure, as parents, uh, to teach and train them? Yeah, and one of the ways they get the point is when you chasten them, you discipline them. It just is what it is. It teaches them about the consequences on a smaller scale so that they will change and avoid worse consequences on a greater scale. You don't discipline your children today, they're going to grow up thinking the world owes them everything and they're going, to, they're going to grow up and do whatever they want thinking that they can get away with it and they get upset when somebody challenges it or they get in trouble because of it. And by the way, that starts with the parents. We give in to them at small little areas. Little Oswald is at the store and he wants something and you say no and he throws himself on the ground and kicks and screams. So what do you do? Just, and you give in to them. You don't give in to them. Once you do that, you've lost the battle. Okay? If you won't control them, pick them up and take them outside where you can speak to them alone and deal with the situation. But they're tested. You know, how many of you ever heard that when kids turn two, right? What is it called? The terrible twos. If you don't discipline your kid, it's going to be the terrible 20s. But it's not, can I just tell you something? It's not the terrible twos. Because some of them start a lot earlier. No. Uh, It's the, I call it the testing twos. Those kids are a lot smarter than you give them them credit for. 
They're just checking to see what they can get away with. And if you develop a habit of letting them get away with it, then you try to go back and backtrack it. Wow, it's going to be rough. But they, that's part of being a parent, right? That's part of trying to, to raise a responsible individual who will, who will have a little bit of godly character in their life. Now, when we talk about chastening and discipline, that we, 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 we think of something that is unpleasant. You know, well, I, I just, I'm a parent, and I don't like that for my ch- ch- child. Do you, you, do, will you like visiting them in jail? Will you like having to be their parent for the rest of their life? Now, now you are their parent, but let, let me, do you like having to uh, uh, treat them like their children the rest of their life? It's because they act like children, because they were never taught early on. And so we have, and by the way, children don't like it. I didn't like it. I remember the last time my mom really, um, for sake of being kind, let me have it. Okay. Now I grew up single parent house. It was just my mom. She did the best she could. She did a great job, but I was still a little rebel. But you know how, you know how ladies are typically, they don't discipline you as consistently but brother, when it comes out, they're making up for lost time. How many know what I'm talking about? And I was getting a little older. I was, I was getting into my teen years, and I was just used to doing what I wanted. And uh, my mom said, you can't do that today. And I'm like, excuse me? I didn't say it. I thought it. But I'm like, I'm going. She felt different. And she, she very, very aptly uh, showed me how she felt. Okay? Uh, but I got the point. All right, and I tried not, I wasn't disrespectful from then on. I mean, I did things. I knew how to kind of, you know, sideways it, but I tried not to be disrespectful. But, but, but it, sometimes you just, I always say sometimes you just need to tell the kids, no. You know, Dad, can I give you 20 bucks? No. Okay, well, yeah, this time you can. But they just, we, everything's always doing whatever they want. You're not helping them. Understand that without chastening, and, I, and, and again, these all have spiritual applications. But without chastening, a child will continue on a course that will lead to foolish behavior as an adult. This isn't child-rearing, but it applies, right? Look what the Bible says. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Every child. They are so cute when they're born. perfect. Then they learn how to crawl. They learn how to walk. They learn how to talk. And then all kids, they're going to do, do foolish things. Why? They're immature. And so how do we help them understand that foolishness is not the way to live? Well, I'll tell you what the Bible says, but the rod of correction shall drive it from them. Teaching them and by the way, you know, people are embarrassed. Oh, my, my kid got in trouble in school. Well, get in line. Yeah. By the way, let me say something. I want to say this super kindly. Don't always run to their defense. I know, your child's perfect and the teacher's bad. But you know, the other 15 kids in the class are just fine. Kids are... This, maybe this is childbearing. Kids are super smart. They will do everything to drive a red. They're all victims. You don't know what my teacher did. Your teacher did what? 
Yeah. Um, I don't want to say this, but a while ago, a while, a while ago, somebody had, their kid said something happened, and so it's like, pull up the video. It was a lie. It was an absolute lie. We have video. That's why we have videos everywhere, by the way, protection. But it's like, look, and I'm not saying this, you know, there's never something to have a conversation with teachers kindly about it. If something's going on with your kid, talk to them about it. But look, our teachers aren't here because they want to, they, they want to be taskmasters, taskmasters, and they're definitely not here because they want to be rich. But the point is, if you have a question about something, don't, 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 don't question in front of your children. Find out, find out what's going on, because you're going to find out a lot of times, well, my kid couldn't lie. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. They all will. Right? And so we correct them. It's not that your child's bad. It's this is part of the parenting process. We, they need discipline. And you need discipline too. And so it's just part of it. What helps us to under... See, these kids now, and by the way, our district attorneys and all them, they're turning everybody out that does horrible things. And the kids all think that you owe them something because they've been raised like that. It ought not to be. And I'm not... By the way, I'm not saying torture and terror. That's wrong too. If we understand the purpose of disciplining our children, we understand what it's for. We understand they act like that sometimes because they are children. Cut them some slack, but discipline them in a loving way. Like, hey, hey, this is not acceptable behavior. We don't do that. Here's why. Okay? You're trying to help them. Like God's trying to help us. The word, the, the rod of correction shall drive it from him, drive it far. That word means to remove it, to become distant. You're putting it in their rearview mirror. They're understanding that, you know what, I can't get away with that, and there are consequences to my action, and so um, it's better for me not to suffer the consequence. Let's Let's just go forward and do the right thing. Now, this is what God is trying to do to us, right? He's trying to help us, not hurt us. He's trying to help us, not hurt us. Now, again, I'll, I'll underst- I'll, I'm going to explain the different types of things because when we think of discipline, we think of, you know, spankings and all that stuff, and that's what God's spanking us. There's different things. There's different ways to discipline. There's different, way God's, there's different ways God disciplines us. But whenever God brings something in our life that he's trying to use to get our attention, he's doing it to help us, not to hurt us. He's trying to get our attention like, hey, hey, let's get back on the right track. That's what he's trying to do. So, if we're talking about wrong attitudes, about chastening, uh, what are some of the wrong attitudes we ought to avoid? Let me give you a few. The first one there. The wrong attitude of what it is for. What is it for? We've already mentioned it. Chastening means disciplining for correction and instruction. There's a purpose behind what God is trying to do in our life when he brings unpleasant things. And by the way, uh, even if it's not a a fault of anything we're doing, it's just a natural course of life. God's trying to get us to learn something from everything, but sometimes we're not doing what we should, and God does something to get our attention. So we'll think about, okay, you know, I I better get on course before this thing really starts to, to tailgate, to get out of control. So we must have the right attitude about God's chastening. It is for correction. Okay, he's trying to, he's trying to, to teach us. 
What is he trying to teach us? He wants us to turn, and these blanks are there, from that which is wrong. That's what correction is, right? Uh, my car, it'll, uh, I, I think a couple of our cars are like this. You know, if you're driving with the auto, a lot of the cars now have the auto drive, or Kia and all, whatever. It's like you put it on cruise control and it stays in the lane, right? And sometimes uh, if you're not paying attention, it tells you, hey, 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 put your hands on there. Um, but, but if it starts to veer, it has like, there's one of the things that has like lane assist. And what happens if you start to get over the line, one of our cars, it'll actually turn you back. You're like, you know, doot, doot, lane correction in progress. Like, what is that all about? I know how to drive. What it's saying is you were getting off the course and I'm going to put you back on the course. I'm taking corrective action, right? You were drifting. You were getting off course. I'm going to correct you and bring you back on course. That's what God's trying to do to us. He wants us to get back on course. He wants us to turn. Sometimes our actions get out of kilter, and God's like, that action's going to lead you to a, to a very bad place. By the way, if you're God's, let me say this, if you're God's child, he's going to do that. It's not a cuss word, but I won't say it, because there's kids here. It says, if you're not corrected by God ever, you're a, thank you. So what, what does that mean? You don't have a father. I don't discipline the neighbor's kids. They're not my kids. My responsibility are my kids. Why don't I discipline the neighbor's kids? Because I'm not there. God doesn't, do, you, I, you know, pastor, I'm doing my own thing and my life is so much better since I quit serving God. Come on now. You know what that means? You need to get saved. You don't need to learn about what you're doing. You need to learn about the gospel. You're God's child. Listen, people get away from God, right? And, and by the way, I'm glad they come, people come back sometimes. It's just like, you know, whatever happened. But I can always tell the ones that, that, that you know, they'll come back. Hey, how's everything? Everything's great. You know, and there's not any of God in their life. Or I'll see them out and about town. You know, I see people all the time everywhere. So, hey, how's everything? Oh, everything's great. I'm doing this, that, and that. And I'll see people like, oh, man. And they'll, you know, it's like, how's everything going? And I'm not, you know, it's good to see you. It's like, man, I need to get back to church. Well, God's trying to get them back to church, yeah. right? I mean, come on. We've all had times in our life, God's trying to push us in the right direction. We're starting to float a little bit. That's a good thing. Don't let that bother you. Maybe our thoughts are starting to get out of kilter. Maybe there's some things we're not doing, and God says, hey, look, I'm trying to turn you and get you back to where you need to be. God also uses it not just for correction, for instruction. Not, it's not just getting us corrected. It's to teach us where we were wrong, right? That kind of get confusing there, wrong, right. But he's trying to teach us. So it's one thing to say, look, you're off course. Let's get back on course. But the next thing is he needs to instruct us so we can realize what caused us to get off course, Right? I don't, want, I don't want to just correct the problem. I tell, I tell, like, in our staff meetings, I talk about things like, you know, there's things we have to do and something didn't go the way it should. Uh, I don't want it just, oh, hey, that didn't get put away. Okay, I'll put it away. No, no, time out. Yes, I want it put away, but I want to find out what was the problem that left it out in the first place. Because if all you do is put it away, you know what's going to happen? It's not, and you can take whatever. It's, not, it's going to be left out the next time too. Where was the, where was the, uh, 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 the breach in the protocol? 
And what God is saying here is, look, I want to I get you back in line, and so I'm correct, but I also want to instruct you so that you don't get back out of line, so that you can stay on the right course. Sometimes that's what's got to happen. First of all, it helps us when we understand what was wrong, and then we find the solution. Now, here's the thought. It's not in your notes, but here it is. It would be better if we learn these things without being chastened. Right? Wouldn't it be better? Look, that's what God wants from us. God, see, we think God's looking from heaven like, I can't wait for this kid to get one inch out of line, bam, slap him upside his head. That's not how God is. God wants 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What God says is, if we do something wrong, the Spirit will convict us. And so if the Spirit convicts us, we're like, that was wrong. We go to God and say, I agree with you, Lord, that was wrong. Forgive me and help me not to do that again. Bingo. Why would God need to correct you? You listen to the Spirit of God. You understand what you did wrong. You took corrective action by getting forgiveness and getting cleansed so that you can go forward. You see? But why is it we have to wait? Come on, we do that with our kids. How many, how many ever done that with our kids? Right? Hey, it's not something that's, hey, hey, time out. Don't do that. One, one of the kids, I won't say who it was. Uh, I don't like when the grandkids run in the house. I don't. Just like. One of them a couple years ago ran in the house. Hey, don't run. Don't run. Okay, okay, yes. And then it's like. I'm like. Five minutes on the couch. Go sit on the couch for five minutes. We'll be good. You don't run. Okay. They go sit on the couch. (laughs) Five minutes later. Can I get up? Sure, your five minutes is up. They literally got off the couch and ran. I'm like, 15 minutes on the couch. Okay. It's like, look, we, we can learn this, but, but God isn't like, it's like, hey, we, we get a little warning. They're like, you know what? This is something I shouldn't be doing. But if we go back and do it, then we're inviting God to have to like, okay, let me get your attention somehow. And I'm not talking about, you know, you're going to get run, by, run over by a train. I'm not talking about that. But it would be better if we learned it ourselves. So the wrong attitude there. Next, <clears throat> the wrong attitude about how it's done. How it's done. We think of chastening strictly as spiritual spanking. That's the, that's the worst case scenario. There are other things that God may bring into your life. He's trying to get your attention. And usually the worst case scenario is because we've not listened or heeded or the Spirit's been working on us or convicting us and we're ignoring it. Instead of just saying, hey. <clears throat> but um, but j- just like that, you can use other methods, okay? Could be loss, look at the, could be a loss of privilege. Look, if you're, if you're looking to spank the kids for every little thing, that that's, doesn't make sense. Every little thing? Well, the kids spilled their milk at the dinner table. We told them not to be careful, and they weren't careful. 
Okay, they don't get any more milk for the rest of that meal. Or it, it, the, shouldn't it fit what, I was going to say punishment fit the crime, but shouldn't the discipline fit the transgression? I mean, you know, you, don't, you, get, you take a privilege away. Okay, look, uh, that wasn't egregious, but it's something you didn't do that you should, should do, so I'm going to take this privilege away, right? You do that sometimes. Your kids struggle with grades. How many have ever had a kid struggle with grades? Now, sometimes, by the way, let me help you with that, too. Not every kid's an A student. Mm-hmm. You want them to do their best, and you know what their best is. They're not putting in the work that, but you know, it's like, okay, I'm gonna, it's like, t- find a privilege. Until that grade's up, you can't do this. That's where one of our kids, um, I won't say who it is, it was my oldest son. He, um, <clears throat> you know, one time, and he was a younger teenager, and he, really, Stephen, when he was growing up, didn't give me a lot of problems. He was irritating, don't get me wrong, and he still is. Uh, but he, he, I, he, I was getting on him about something. I said, hey, hey, and, and he, he's like, he tried to, Talk, but dad, but dad, I said, stop. We're not having a conversation. We've already had the conversation. Not, we're not going to do this. He goes, yeah, but dad, I said, that's one week. He goes, well, you don't understand, dad. I said, two weeks. And he wasn't being rebuffed. He's just like, he went, but, but, but dad, a month. We got up to two months and he shut up. Now he told me that was the best two months of his life. He didn't get to do anything after school. He goes, man, I learned how to read. He read some, like, 600-page book. Like, man, I read that thing. We had a good time with it. He didn't have a bad... But it's like, okay, it wasn't a horrible thing, but, like, you're going to learn that that's not how we handle things. Okay? So you lost a privilege. Okay? And learn how to... say, ah, that's how I'm going to get my kids to learn how to read. And I wasn't like that all the time, but that time I was. And, um, but, but you can't be... You can't do this. You can't do that. Or there's a little... Whatever it is. Be very... Just... It could just be a stern rebuke. Sometimes if you just love, if, you, if, you, if we're confronted in the right way, by the way, God brings those rebukes our way. Right? Come on. You might be in a church service and it's like, uh, you hear something like, oh, that's what I'm struggling with. So, and by the way, don't ever come up and say, did my wife talk to you? If she did, all she said was hi. Okay, it's like, well, you were talking to me. That's why the speakers are pointed that direction. Okay, and all of us, it's speaking to all of us, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes you'll hear something, it's like, wow, that's, that was God like kind of giving me a little udge. Like, okay, thank you God for that reminder, right? And that's okay, that's good. Now, I'm not saying we get in other people's business. I don't do that, but if I'm close enough to somebody and I have the right relationship and I were to see them doing something wrong, I might step up and say, hey, 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 be careful about that, okay? Why, because you're the Pope? No, I don't do that very often. And it's, if I don't know you, I would never do that. It's not my business. But if I see somebody, I might say something, hey, you know what, you've got to be careful about that. Maybe you open your Bible. And, you know, if you follow Bible reading, sometimes it's amazing how often you'll read something. It's like that's what you were either learning that day or maybe it's something you needed that day. And that's God rebuking, saying, hey. It could be a negative result. It's a consequence that comes that you have to deal with because of your unwise and unbiblical decision. <clears throat> By the way, see that. Now, this is not a message I'm giving, but I remember we had a guy give a testimony years ago. And he was a tither, I won't, and he's like, you know what, I, I, we had a bill we had to pay, so I decided I wasn't going to tithe for, I don't know what he said, five or six weeks, I needed that money. And he kept track of it. He said, this is how much I have to catch up. 
Now, this was his testimony, not mine. He said uh, something happened, something broke or something that was out of the ordinary, and he said, we got a bill. And you know much that, how much that bill was for? The exact amount that he had written down that he owed on his tithe. That was just God's way of saying, hello, cowboy, what, what are we doing here? Now, I'm not saying if you don't tithe, uh, you're going to get in an accident. You'll probably, you'll probably lose your credit card or something like that. But, but God's trying, what's the point? God, there's different ways. It could be unpleasant consequences. What, it's just, look, God is loving, and God will bring things in our life to try to get us back on course, just like we try to help our children to get back on course when they get off course, and they all are going to push the envelope sometime. They're immature children. And so God's goal isn't to hurt us. God's goal is to help us get us back in line. Hey, let's get back on the course here. The bad part at the end, the spanking, that comes when you just absolutely, absolutely will not listen. God's like, okay, I have to really bring something heavy, heavy, heavy. You say, well, that's mean. Is that, is that meaner than allowing you to continue in a, a lifestyle that's going to bring worse consequences? Not just for you, but your family and everything else. God's trying to get our attention. Proverbs 17, verse 10 says, A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. You understand a fool? A fool could care less about God. He could care less about God's word, and he suffers all the consequences, and he still doesn't get it. Now, I would say a person on the foolish scale, complete fool scale, not someone that's a Christian and maybe in this area they did something foolish. No, I'm not talking about that. They're, they're, pro they're probably not saved anyhow. But it, is, it, it amazes me in the years I've been a pastor and just been in ministry, the people I've talked to and the, the negative things going on in their life and how much they can take. And it's like, really? There's a better plan. There's, but you know what a wise man does? The wise man doesn't need 100 stripes. It says reproof entereth more into what he, he, he wants to get it right away, right? Because if the, if the direction and the goal of our life is to be wise and do what God wants us to do, we're looking for things to grow. Yeah. And we're looking to be, stay on the right course. And, and if God brings something upon us, we, we welcome it because it's like keeping us in the right place. And by the way, don't feel bad. We all need that. We're all going to go through it. Well, am I a bad person? No, 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 no. You're, you're a human, and you, 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 you may have acted wrong in this situation, and God's working on you. Just get it right. That's what God wants. God wants to fix the situation, and he's got to work on us. When we are not willing to learn from these different methods, then it needs to go to the more painful chastening. Okay? That's why we should look to see every situation in our life as a growth opportunity. You know, is God trying to teach me something? And by the way, it's not, and let me just say this, this is, it's the lesson, but God, it's not always something you did wrong. You know, there are some very uh, 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 misguided Christians. I remember my, my sister, I had a nephew, and when he was a little over one year old, he, he, he got out of the house. They lived in Apple Valley, and he, 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 they lived on a kind of a, it's, the streets there were a little bit different. Uh, I think the speed limit on our street was 50. And he got out and he got into the street and he got run over by a car and he was killed. Somebody in the, in, the, in the family, on their side of the family, not ours, went up to my sister and said, the reason that happened is you must have sin in your life. Now that's about as helpful as a kick in the head. Yeah. 
just because something happens doesn't mean you're being sinful. Let's just stop that nonsense. Okay? Um, But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we look at the situations in our life. We're like, you know what, Lord? What can I learn from this? If you can learn on your own, you don't need God to be, to, to, to take out the, the, uh, the uh, to be the school teacher in essence. I had a school teacher in third grade and he spanked us in class, in front of everybody, after lunch, with a uh, yardstick. Say, so how do you know? I got it very many times. We come in from lunch and the outside monitor said, and so, but, but I finally got it. Like, man, it's time. I remember one time it was my turn, like Steve. And the person before me, the, the, the yardstick broke. And I was like, yeah. He took out a ruler. And he said, give me your hand. He whacked the back of my hand with a ruler. Now, he would go to jail today. Can I just tell you something? Even as a kid, it didn't bother me at all. <laughs> I knew I deserved it. But after a while, I'm like, you know, you come into class. His name was, get this, Mr. Selnick. I shouldn't call it. That was a long time ago, uh, back when we were in covered wagons. But, but can I just tell you something? After I got the message, I was like, when Mr. Selznick spoke, I listened. And went out on lunch, and he wasn't there, and they said, hey, don't do that. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I didn't want to face Mr. Selznick. And it helped me, okay? Except my hand is still sore from all of that. But let's try to learn on our own, and let's, let's not get to the worst-case scenario. Let's not despise it. Whatever God brings in our life that we may not like, he's doing it for a reason. He's trying to mature us, and we'll see a little bit of that next week. <coughs> he's trying to help us. Let's, let's all stand together if we may. We'll stop there. <clears throat> we'll pray together. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your love for us, Lord, and your love for us is seen in so many ways, but Lord, one way it is seen in is in the fact that you try to discipline and chasten us and keep us on the right path. And I pray, Father, you would help us uh, of our own accord, just to follow your word and follow the promptings and the conviction of your spirit to stay on the right path. And Lord, I pray whenever we do uh, kind of veer a little bit out of the path, Lord, that we would get it right with you and confess it and forsake it. Bless us now as we go our way until we meet together again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.